Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So for this one, I wanted to discuss a movie that back in 1998, I was actually really hyped for this one. It was a movie that was a pretty big event. This was almost like uh, my Star Trek and a comparison to Star Trek as far as going from TV show to movie is actually a pretty fair comparison. However, unlike Star Trek, this failed to be their Wrath of Khan, which kind of brought in new fans and pleased the old fans as well. This one here is 1998's The X-Files Fight the Future. Directed by longtime series vet Rob Bowman, X-Files Fight the Future is more or less a deeply rooted in the TV show mythology as far as government conspiracy. But I would say that it's also extremely well done because of the fact that you could have little to no knowledge of the actual TV show and still enjoy the movie. However, you will definitely get more out of it if you are a fan of the X-Files show or just have a general knowledge as far as the overall arcing mythology storyline that is the definite heart of the X-Files, even though I myself... I really enjoyed those Monster of the Week episodes, and they're amongst some of my favorite episodes of any TV show. The general mythology stuff is great, and I love government conspiracy. However, the X-Files got a little too far in it, because every time we got an answer, we would get quite a few more questions, and it got to be kind of annoying after a while, and I understand where... People may have been frustrated, especially with how the show ended. And not only that, how the, I guess, reboot continuations of season 10 and season 11 actually played out. However, this one here, this movie, I think is a very successful bridge between season 5 and season 6. And that's actually what it was. If you ever wanted to know what happens with characters between seasons on our TV shows, if you think of those characters as far as being real characters, well, this movie kind of answers that, and I appreciate it for what it did. And like I said, it's a great standalone story with being deeply rooted amongst everything that was previously laid out in the X-Files. You have the X-Files shut down uh, by the time Season 5 ends, and Mulder and Scully are just doing field work for local FBI offices. This one here, it winds up being a terrorist plot at the beginning of the movie. They're trying to find a bomb that was called into a government building, and sure enough, they wind up finding it. Well, just so happens that there winds up being a deeper conspiracy to the whole thing. I think one of the best things about this movie is that it really plays up the strength of the characters of Mulder and Scully and how they're essentially life partners, they're best friends. At this point, they haven't established that they were actually in a relationship or slept together or anything like that. And it's just really good because they're really well-written characters. There are characters that I love on the show, and I don't know if it was necessarily in the show's favor to actually eventually have Mulder and Scully be in a relationship, 
But this was actually before the Millennium episode where Mulder and Scully shared a kiss on New Year's Eve, on the eve of the new millennium. Not only that, if I'm going to talk about that episode real quick, I think that was a great capper to the Frank Black and Millennium story. For uh, Chris Carter, for those of you who do not know, that was his other TV show, and it's a show that I didn't like when I was a kid. I wanted more X-Files stuff, and the show wound up getting a little bit more on the strange side and more into X-Files territory as it went on, and I think that was a great thing for it. I know a lot of people will disagree, but I'm not really into investigations of cults and I don't know, murderers and stuff like that, even though that still remained at the central plot point with the psychic Frank Black on Millennium. And I actually thought it was great that Chris Carter was able to end his Millennium show on the X-Files. And not only that, he crafted a really great X-Files episode and he made TV history with Mulder and Scully with them sharing a kiss on New Year's Eve. It was actually a great scene on the show. And yeah, it was very well done. But getting back to X-Files Fight the Future. X-Files Fight the Future, as I was saying, it really is about the characters of Mulder and Scully and their bond. And I think it's great because Mulder literally goes to the end of the earth uh, to save Scully by the end of this. And I mean, it's actually really great. And when they're there in Antarctica and you see him he passes out Mulder he just he's exhausted from trying to save her he's passed out and she goes and she like basically grabs onto him and holds him and tries to keep him warm and it's a really great character moment and I think that's one of the things that made the X-Files show a beloved show is the bond between Mulder and Scully They were characters that were supposed to be enemies, and yet they wound up being something much, much more. But with the X-Files Fight the Future movie, I think it was very successful with what it was doing, was because it felt like an episode of the X-Files, but everything about it felt much, much bigger. We get that sense that it's familiar and that it is a genuine, honest-to-God episode of the X-Files or an X-Files story, But we have things that are just on a much bigger scale. And I think it works well in the movie's favor because it gave us a reason to go to the theater. And I know that this movie was kind of a mild hit. It did well critically. Notably, Siskel and Ebert gave it uh, a glowing review. I remember watching that review and they went and they said that they were more than willing to start watching The X-Files in Season 6. Unfortunately... While I think Season 6 and Season 7 were pretty good, they would have come in at the worst possible moment, even though I think it's great that while I said that this was a bridge between Season 5 and Season 6, we got the movie, and then we got a continuation of the movie in Season 6. So you could have actually skipped the movie, too, and still got just as much enjoyment out of season six as well without even seeing the movie but it was a nice bridge and i don't know of any tv show or movie series that was that successful to have a movie in the middle of a show's run and be essential 
but not so essential to alienate anybody that was a fan of the show, being whether they liked the movie or didn't want to go see the movie, because why would I want to go see a movie when I could just watch it on TV? Well, this was a movie that really deserved to be in the theaters, and it was a story that is epic in scale, but yet still feeling like an essential part of the core, which was the show. I think that's why they decided on director Rob Bowman for this film, because at that point he was the one that directed the most X-Files episodes. I believe he directed like eight or nine of them up until that point. And he was well-versed in the X-Files feel and what to do and what not to do. And he just so happened to know how to make things feel like they deserve to be in a movie. But with all of that good, I do have to criticize the movie a little bit because it does have some definite fan service. And it's great that it has that fan service, but I don't know if characters such as the lone gunman really needed to be in this. They really do just show up for cameos and, well, their cameo I don't feel is entirely essential outside of Byers giving Mulder his clothing. So, I don't know. It does have that definite fan service, but it's great to see him in the movie. And for those wondering and for those who remember, there was the Lone Gunman spin-off TV show, and I did actually enjoy that. It took me quite a few episodes to get into it, but I was actually disappointed when it was canceled. Also disappointed that Fox gave it a death spot, and that death spot was on Friday nights at I believe 8 or 9. But yeah, The Lone Gunman was another one that Chris Carter was able to finish off in The X-Files. And I don't think I really enjoyed how he decided to end that one. But we'll save that for another time, potentially. I'm not going to spoil anything here. So I think the only thing that I can really criticize the movie on is its fan service moments. They're few and far between. There's little references to other things that might have happened in the past and this and that. But I think the Lone Gunman cameo is the one that really stands out as far as being unessential to it. The one thing that the show did do is take villains and somewhat make them heroes in the movie. Characters such as the well-manicured man who was part of the syndicate on the X-Files. Well, he winds up doing a good deed here if only for personal reasons because he wants his grandchildren to live in a safe world. But he's actually given a redemption story here. Unlike other characters such as the cigarette smoking man who is still a villain and no matter what he's always been a villain on the show and I'm glad they never changed his character. I think they made the right decision in the one that they did allow to have that redemption moment and I think it worked well as far as flipping the script on a character that you may have thought was unredeemable because these guys are not just trying to stop the end of the world from happening they're also more or less ushering it in because you do find out throughout the show and in this movie that they are kind of in cahoots with the aliens themselves but i actually think that's another thing that made this movie work well is because we have that as i stated earlier a very classically styled conspiracy aliens taking over the world but it's handled in a I guess somewhat more realistic fashion and I really like that 
they made it simple, not super complicated, but yet had it firmly placed within the X-Files mythology. I think one of the cool things about it is how the aliens were going to wind up taking over, and it was through these bee hybrids that would wind up infecting people. I think that was actually an interesting idea on their part. And it was better than a, hey, let's go and infect the water supply or something like that. I mean, these people, they could get stung by these bees. All of a sudden, they come down with the illness and, well, they could be cured or not, but they would wind up being changed forever and being more or less a hybrid between the two, half human and half alien. I do want to say that I'm glad that this movie was made when it was because of the fact that we wound up getting some great practical effects on the aliens themselves. And we got some really good makeup effects too as far as some of the, the more gory moments of the movie. It all looked pretty great and I liked the fact that CGI was used for a minimum. The only things that were really used for CGI were the blowing up of the government building and also when we get the big reveal of the alien spaceship at the end of the film. And so that's where you're supposed to think that everything would be a-okay because of the fact that the aliens wind up flying away, more or less. But, of course, it wasn't okay because Chris Carter, I don't think, ever intended on ending the show or ending the central conspiracy or anything. Even when he promised an ending in X-Files Season 11, which aired about two years ago, I believe, well... We still got, I guess, a satisfying ending, but not as satisfying as it could have been. I was okay with how it ended, but it still left it wide open. We did also more or less get an X-Files sequel of sorts, I guess uh, midway between Season 9 and Season 10, back in 2008. And that was X-Files I Want to Believe. I'm not going to talk too much about that one. But if you're comparing the two movies, Chris Carter felt like he needed to have a smaller scale story, and it is an infinitely smaller scale story in that second X-Files film. But I'm going to say that the, out of the two movies, I think Fight the Future is definitely the, the better of the two. And not only that, I do know that X-Files I Want to Believe is actually kind of offensive to uh, some people. So, I may talk about that in another episode. Just know that if you see that one, you're definitely getting an extended episode at where this felt like an actual movie. I am holding out hope that someday we do get another X-Files movie, which I don't think is likely with the Disney and Fox thing. I think, if anything, they would probably wind up rebooting it, and I think it would wind up being... A full-on reboot, even though I would prefer a soft reboot. Uh, they did try to do that in the X-Files show at one point. I believe it was season 8, where Scully definitely took a backseat. Uh, David Duchovny did not want to do it anymore. And it wound up being in season 7, where they introduced... It was either 7 or 8, I can't recall right now, but they had the characters of... Agent Doggett and Reyes and well that's where the ratings started to dip so the Mulder and Scully characters were really the heart of the story and that's what people really wanted to see and well 
I would say that if they reboot it, I would expect one season, and that would probably be about it. I don't think we would get too much of more X-Files without Mulder and Scully or even Skinner or somebody coming in from the original show. I really would love to see a continuation of the X-Files, maybe, I don't know, five or six episodes to have it actually close out where we do have the looming apocalypse and, well, Mulder and Scully either have to stop it or it's going to wind up happening. Enough of this teasing back and forth stuff that Chris Carter has been doing, but I mean, you could even put that in a two-hour movie. That would be fine as well. So if you could woo back Jillian Anderson, I know she's the major holdout and is not wanting to be a part of it anymore but eh we can always hold out hope or at least I can because I'm still a huge fan but with that being said I think I'm going to close out this episode as a reminder you can find me on twitter and instagram at adam underscore analyzes and also check out adamanalyzes.com you can catch up on some past episodes and such on there and you can also contact me at my Gmail at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Just to let you know, too, if you did enjoy this, uh, if you would go and leave a review on your platform of choice, however you are hearing this, I would definitely appreciate that because, you know, we love those digital hugs. Good night.